Hello, Kingdom Speak listeners. Did you know that God has a disorder? I bet you didn't. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. What's going to come out of your mouth? <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm kind of looking forward to this episode myself. There, made you listen, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Kingdom Speak, everyone. It's been a while. It's been a week exactly since we last talked. By the time this episode reaches our listeners' ears, we will have celebrated our one year anniversary. Oh, come on, somebody. Good job, everybody. Wow. It would have been embarrassing if one year in, we would only heard one person clapping. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that would have been, yeah. We, we, I'd like to tell them what we just talked about before we started. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> hello, hello to our two listeners out there. Thank we'd, you for listening. We'd have to cut that. <laughs> Pastor McKillop is nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you sweating? <sighs> Let's just say we have a good guest coming up in, in the next few weeks. That oh, stay gonna, tuned. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Stay it tuned. Is. You know, one of the best things about Kingdom Speak is hearing from our listeners. And we're going to hear from two of them today. So I got these two reviews that we talked about. All right. About. You know, the first review says this. Love all of you. Keep doing what you are doing. Praying for you, your family, and your church. And that comes from Daniel Paget on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Oh, come on. Thank you very awesome. much. for That's the, my buddy from Alabama. All the way from Alabama. Alabama. Does Love he, you, buddy. Does he play a banjo? Hmm. I'm from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Uh, he's better than a banjo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know the difference between an onion and a banjo? <laughs> Nobody cries when you cut up a banjo. <laughs> That's for all our banjo players out there. <laughs> Bishop Tipton's coming on to do an episode, and he's a banjo player. He is. He is. Yeah, I'll let you go ahead and, and share that with him when he comes with us again. Bishop Tipton, he's pretty yeah. good. That was fun. Yeah. Second review says this. I appreciate the content. No, sorry, that's the wrong one. We're going to read that one next week. I love this podcast. Pastor Daniel McKillop is one of my absolute favorite preachers and piano players. Whoa. There's there's a compliment for you. Okay. Y'all have incredible content, and I love telling others about it. One can always be assured they will hear the highest quality content and gain a deeper revelation on numerous topics. Whoa. Thank you all so much for your investment. Now, this is where it gets a little weird. P.S. I'll stick with the hashtag ankle knee deep snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That is from Tavia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you very much. There we go, Tavia. A devoted listener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's refusing to let her dad oh, yes. rub off on her. So, For those faithful listeners, they remember a few weeks ago I was talking about mm-hmm. neck deep snow. I think that was with mm-hmm. Pastor Snyder that we were talking about. Ugh. Yeah. 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 Love so, you, Tavia. Thank you for those reviews. It helps us beat those algorithms. I actually saw somebody comment on our YouTube channel this week. This one is for the algorithms. Did you see that? Yeah, that was Mitch Elder, I think. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah we appreciate those. Colorado. Thank yep. you. Yep. You're helping us beat those algorithms. So Great guy. So we're back. Man. Hard to believe it's been a year. A year, man. That's uh, 
if you one been, for the books. Yeah, if you've been with us since the start, it's been quite a journey. Yeah, there's a few of you that have. We've outlasted a president, a well, riot, yeah. a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could out outlast a virus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we will. We'll still be here when it's over. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid we're gonna be stuck right in this room when it's over. No. <laughs> oh man. So God has a disorder, Pastor McKillop. Go ahead and expound on that. Seems how uh, that wasn't on my page. Um, what do you mean? Well, I heard a man say one time that God was claustrophobic. Yeah. Could he be? Do you know any claustrophobic I, people? Like for real? Like uh, oh, do I? Yeah. I was raised by one. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about. Hey, that. mom. <laughs> she pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, and um, at the most inopportune times, mm -hmm. my my dad would uh, use that <laughs> to his advantage. It became his leverage. <laughs> Airplanes. Really? Oh, she was sitting on the inside, and they happened to cut the airflow or whatever. <laughs> she's sitting in by the window. Look out. She's coming out. She's gone. She's coming out. Those, those, those tray tables. That don't, that don't mean nothing. She is on her way out. Oh, really? Underground parking. Ooh. Really? So you just like be driving. It gets dark. It's yep. low tunnels driving it. And then it would be this classic. This is literally all it would take. Linda, Linda, is it, is it, man, I think we get out of here. Oh, man, man. Don't talk. I've seen her from the back of the Tahoe. Dana, Dana, Dana. Stop, stop. And he said, where are you going to go? She just wanted out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I really do love my mom, but she she was claustrophobic. Yeah. There, There's a special breed of people who can handle, like, I'm not. Confined space. Yeah. Mm. We do confined space training. Yeah. And. I don't think of myself as claustrophobic, but man, when you're in a spot where you can barely just like inch through, it's like, oh, it's a bad feeling. Yeah. But some some guys can can just do it. Yeah. It doesn't even bother them. Yeah. You know, the, I've seen them where they're rescuing miners or, mm. you know, and they're going down through a shaft that's, <sighs> you know, just inches bigger than their shoulders i automatically think of this like when i'm when i'm doing this yeah and they're and they're dropping them dudes down through that canister for six minutes it's like what happens if your nose gets itchy that's it's, yeah well you know what those, those and i don't consider myself claustrophobic but that <sighs> makes me kind of you just become itchy yeah 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 like those divers that went in after the group of kids remember that mm. and they had to sedate them yes to bring them out yes Whew. yes yeah You'd have to sedate me, I think, too. <laughs> so the idea that God could be claustrophobic is is really kind of a mind bender a bit. Mm -hmm. Because when we talk about God, he knows no limitation. That's right. Yeah. He's omnipotent, mm -hmm. omniscient, omnipresent. Mm -hmm. He knows it all. He sees it all. Fills all time and space. He goes where he wants. He doesn't have to go. He is mm. where he wants, mm. even. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yep. the the idea yep. that that even the psalmist would write, if if you go to hell, he's there. Mm -hmm. Where can you go that he isn't? So in his omnipresence, 
He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So to even begin to conjure up the concept that he can be hemmed in mm-hmm. or that he, to use the uh, disorder that mm-hmm. you defined, mm-hmm. claustrophobic, almost kind of can can infer a bit of a sacrilegious overtone. Mm-hmm. But I think we, we see examples of this throughout Scripture mm. that God... God felt the restrictiveness hmm. of particular situations. Yes, sir. Claustrophobic. Um, Hebrews 13, and you can just read verse 11 to 13. Right, let's a few go there. extra there. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go, therefore, go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp. Mm -hmm. So he was crucified outside of Jerusalem. And this is where the whole idea came from that we're going to talk about today that the restrictiveness of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the confines of Jerusalem, was too much. Calvary was bigger than Jerusalem. So it's symbolic. Right. Yeah. It was bigger than a particular race of people. Hmm. And so he went outside the structured, civilized realm into the expanse beyond the gate outside the wall hmm. where access is available from the expanse, literally whosoever will right. at that moment. Because not everybody could get into Jerusalem. Right. If Calvary's within Jerusalem, hmm. then Jerusalem may restrict some people that Calvary wouldn't. Very good, yes. So we sense. must go outside the camp, and then he specifically says... And if you're going to go to Calvary, you have to go out, go forth unto him. So get out of the city. (laughs) Right. So get out of the restrictiveness. Uh, Jerusalem was the epicenter of worship. It was the the capital Mm -hmm. of religiosity. Mm -hmm. And and you know what? If you're going to take, if you're going to take and experience the full scope of what Calvary offers. You have got to come out from even the traditions that mm. you may mm. have been raised in, the the civilized tones, if you will, and environments and neighborhoods, and you've got to come out of it. How many times have we seen someone that was raised in a particular denominal setting? Yeah. And part of the challenge of introducing them to Jesus, a Jesus that doesn't fit within yeah. the scope of their upbringing he has to call them out of that yes organized religion right yes come out without the gate mm. and so that's that's kind of what really got me thinking in this train of thought um, that, that that we're going to unpack a bit more here but I think there's no greater and 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 we'll go here and then run back to the Old Testament but I don't think there's any greater uh, example of 
the claustrophobicness mm-hmm. that God experienced than the incarnation. Uh, absolutely right. Yeah. Flesh and blood, that, that doesn't just denote structure. It denotes limitation. He had to do some squeezing to fit ah, in the body, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> that must have been hard. And we know, according to Paul, yeah. that all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in him. So for the first time, that which filled the expansiveness of everything that we know and even what as finite human beings we don't know was now compressed to the limitations of that one body, human form, Jesus Christ. You think you, think you get frustrated. Imagine how frustrated he got at times. Oh, Mary, Mary, I love you, Mom, but really, I know how to brush my teeth. If you'd have been here, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tell me that. Uh. Right? So now the incarnation is what he is in manifested form, whereas prior to that, he was omnipresent. And we'll we'll get into that more in just a moment, but... Um, one, one thing that makes God claustrophobic is anybody else that thinks they're God. Hmm. He does not play well with others. <laughs> in, the, in the divine sandbox of deities. That's not a shared space. It, no, no. He will take his toys and go home. Actually, no, he won't. He will send you home with your toys. And keep your toys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He doesn't play well with others. Yeah, Sure doesn't. He, he doesn't. That's, that's not... That's not it's too restrictive to him. Wow. And so you can read through the Old Testament and find repeated examples of I am God mm-hmm. and beside me yep. there is no other God. Yeah. Let me can I read one to you, Isaiah yep. forty seven, eight. Hear now this, thou that art given to pleasures that dwellest carelessly that sayest in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. <laughs> you you are saying it, however. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. You're saying you're all by yourself. Oof. Do you suppose that's why he would lash out at times? Yeah, and, 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 I, and I love it when he gets, you can almost pick up the um, sarcastic tone in God, when he would start asking rhetorical questions like, is there a God beside me? And then he would answer it with, I know not any. (laughs) Because of his expansiveness and his omnipotence and his omniscience, Mm -hmm. he knew everything. So he asked a question that did not stump himself. He wasn't asking, seeking an answer. He was asking so he could provide an answer. And God often does that. Adam, where art thou? Gives him an You're, opportunity. Right. Yeah. He's doing that to help us who are not omniscient mm-hmm. come to the understanding of this is where I'm at. This is the answer that I'm seeking. And so he asks rhetorical questions. Is there a God beside me? No, I, 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 I don't know any. Okay. We don't have time. This, the, the, we would spend the entirety of this episode just citing all of the times and the settings of which God said, I'm, I'm, I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. There's nobody beside me. And I know not another. Mm-hmm. Quit trying to play that you're God. 
Quit pretending that you're God. Mm. Don't worship one. Don't build one. Don't form one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's me. It's me. And that is what idolatry really is all about. Idolatry is all about forming a God to worship rather than worshiping a God that forms. Very good. That's wow. that's yes. what idolatry really is. Yeah. Yep. Mankind wanting to shape yep. what is God is like. Mm-hmm. And God gets God that makes God claustrophobic. He just yeah. he, he 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 the sandbox is not big enough. Yeah. When you just start defining his limitations. Ah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. So let me ask you this. So we know well, I, I say we know, maybe you're a listener and you're asking this question, uh, or maybe you haven't thought about this, but God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. Yes. But yet there were limitations that limited limitations that limited yeah whatever i need another coffee (laughs) limitations that restricted right there were times you can read this in the new testament where you know and you've said this in your preaching uh but a lot of our podcasters probably haven't heard this but we always want to go back to when jesus was on the earth we always think i do i i find myself saying man wouldn't that have been cool just to sure you know, to interact with him yeah, in the flesh. Yeah. You yes. know, you see yes. whoever, or the Royals or the Pope or somebody show up and you see, and you envision what it would have been like, mm-hmm. but there's problems with that model. Big time. There's flaws to that, right? Well, there, there's definitely um, benefits to how we interact with mm-hmm. God now right right versus how they did then yes because who do you think you are that you could actually get to him if he was on earth right now yeah why would he come to your house exactly like i mean with all the houses (laughs) littering the landscape do you really think you could actually get something from him right the chances are you wouldn't get near him right how many followers do you think he would have on instagram if you sent him a private message do you think he really would respond to you right so there's problems with that model. Totally. Totally. Because he was intentional with restricting himself mm-hmm. to that incarnate being. Mm-hmm. So when he's raising the dead at Jarius's house. Yep. Yeah. He's not healing the blind guy. Exactly. On the road. He, he Not that he couldn't. He chose... Yes. To restrict himself. Exactly. 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 He chose to restrict himself. So you know, you know there was this tension between his omnipresence when he was on the earth, Mm. between his omnipresence and his manifestation. Man. It's an incredible thing to wrap your brain around. Mary and Joseph lost the manifested God. Yep. But he, they didn't lose the omnipresent. One. He was right there the whole time. He was there the whole time. <laughs> and the taunting of the adversaries saying, if you are the Christ, come down off the cross. Oh. All, all of that stuff oh. becomes so powerful when you understand that. I'm just telling you that my, my dear mom, with all of those tendencies that she has, she never felt claustrophobia on a scale Bro. like God had to experience it. You know it. You know it. So, scenes how we're talking about it. Um, I think the story 
in John chapter four mm-hmm. really kind of hones in mm-hmm. on that tension where Jesus says to his disciples, I must needs go through. Yep. Yep. Right? I got to go through Samaria. The woman at the well. Yes. 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 John 4. And so he gets there and he mm. sits at the well mm-hmm. waiting to to have, he, he wants to manifest himself to her. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And so the manifested God is sitting there resisting the claustrophobic tendencies just to break out and be everywhere. You know it. I can't believe I had to walk here. Right. (laughs) Exactly. But the the omnipresent God is already in the city Mm -hmm. pulling on the little lady saying, do you know what? I think it's time for you to go to the well. Mm -hmm. Right now would be a perfect time because there's not many of the other ladies that are there. And and it's just a good time. And the omnipresence of God is drawing her to the manifestation of God. Mm-hmm. So good. That, that, ladies and gentlemen, is what has got to be the driving force of every apostolic service, is that the omnipresence of God transitions to a manifestation of God. Mm. God forbid that the only argument that I have for saying God is at church is, is that everywhere. he's at hell too. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, he's everywhere, so he's got to be here. Well, does that mean that he's at the... Uh, Local pub? The mosque? I mean, he's everywhere. Yeah. If the argument and the line of defense is simply that he's everywhere, so he can't not be at my church. Wherever you are right now, raise your hand if you've been in a church service <laughs> and somebody said, I feel God in the room. Yeah. They weren't and, lying. And you look around and you say, I Where? must be on another planet right now. <laughs> the objective is, is that the omnipresence pulls us to a manifestation. Yeah. And so every service, mm-hmm. now we don't have a batting average of 100, but we bat every service, mm-hmm. that somewhere that omnipresence is going to pull us mm-hmm. to the well. Well, this is a Bishop McKillop thing. I remember him saying this for years that he said, I want to have church so when we leave service, we can put a nail on the wall and hang our hat and say something happened tonight. Right. 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 He said, how many times has he said that? Right. Like, you know, Absolutely. We can say that something happened tonight. Okay. And not no- just this corporate. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is what makes trying to describe the workings of the spirit mm. in a service or go back to the era of Jesus walking on the earth. Mm-hmm. It, it challenges our finite abilities to, mm. to, to respond to it. Okay. So before Jesus got to the well, he was already there. Yeah. But then he showed up in manifested form. So in his omnipresence, he was there working on her, pulling, drawing, no man cometh to the father except the spirit. Spirit, mm-hmm. draw him. That was already working. She was already waking up in the morning going, I need to go to the well at such and such a time. And we we all, I believe, would readily uh, uh, ascribe that to God drawing her, his spirit pulling yes. on her. And Jesus is, meanwhile, outside the gate in another city going, guys, we got to go through Samaria. Why Samaria? Because 
you got to understand that I'm more than just this mm-hmm. little restricted, mm-hmm. however tall, six foot tall that he was. Yeah, I'm working, and I've got someone coming to a manifestation. Notice what she does when she gets there. She immediately starts getting religious with him. The woman saith unto him, let's go to John 4, 19. Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Mm. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. Yes. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews, but the hour cometh and now is. Uh, but notice the claustrophobic tone right here. The hour is coming, and then it's like, ah, forget that. It's, it's right now. Yeah, right. It's right yeah. now yeah. that worshiping God is more about, it, it's going to be more than just about mountains mm. and whether you're traveling to Jerusalem. Yeah. And again, going back to yeah. he was crucified without Jerusalem. He was trying to pull them even from the confines of the law. Big time. Tradition. Big time. I'm here. That's right. I'm outside the gate. That's right. Yep. You you want to you wonder if he wanted to just blast her and say, you know, this is really what's going on right now. <laughs> Give me some time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, <laughs> and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The manifested manifestation, mm-hmm. the one that is in that state, speaks and says, God's a spirit. Yeah. I'm so much bigger than this. Uh, I'm just stuck in this right now because I have to be. Yeah. I have wow. to be. That's a great example. I, of how- I, I want you to notice... Read, read again Hebrews 10 in the Amplified um, in verse 13 where he is again speaking of being outside the camp or outside the gate. I don't know where you're at. Therefore, Jesus also suffered and died outside the city's gate in order that he might purify and consecrate the people through the shedding of his own blood and set them apart as holy for God. Mm-hmm. Let us then go forth. Mm-hmm. Let us then go forth from all that would prevent yeah. us. Yeah, right. What he is calling us from mm. is everything that would prevent us. Yes, very true. Right? Trying to remove those blocks. Yes. Yeah. If Jerusalem will keep you from yeah. Calvary, then leave Jerusalem. Yeah. If your mom and dad will keep you from from Calvary, leave your mom and dad. If your family, it doesn't matter. Leave them. Leave them. You do notice that that whether it was was Jesus himself or his forerunner, John the Baptist, Mm. that he was continually pulling people out of the civilized environment that they dwelt in, the comforts of civilization, and he would pull them out to wilderness settings Mm. where he could, through the word, he was it was almost a, 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 an intentional thing. I'm trying to shake you free yep. from everything that, that, that props up 
who you are and who you think I am. So many less distractions, right? Yes. Let's go out in the country and sit down. Go out, go forth from everything. Nowadays, he'd be saying, look, turn your cell phone off. Let me talk to you for a while. Yeah. <laughs> or let, let's, let's, let's die. And, and that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. But let's dial it in even tighter than that. I don't care that you were raised in a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, let's not it, worry about that. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's come yeah. out from that. I don't care that you were raised in, name the denomination. It's such a common limitation, isn't it? That you talk to someone and they say, well, I'm a Baptist. Right. You know. So literally, if you can get this image, what you're doing at that point yeah. is trying to drag Calvary back in within your gates. Mm. Mm. You're trying to crucify him on Main Street or downtown mm. when he's outside of the gate. Yeah, we better not just worship the Pentecostalism of ourselves, right? Right. For sure. Because that right. could limit us. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. And it really... Oh, that would prevent us. It really is an indictment against Jerusalem mm-hmm. and an indictment against the camp, if you will. Oof. He was crucified. He, did, he didn't even want to die in there. You know, okay, so so prior to that, leading up to that, Jesus has these discussions. He, he, he comes to the temple. He sees them in the temple, yeah. and he's grieved to the point of anger. Mm-hmm. He braids a whip and goes back in and cleans house and says, yep. this is my house. Yep. This is my house, yep. and it's supposed to be a house for all nations, all mm-hmm. nations, no restrictions, and it's supposed to be a house of prayer, and you have made it something else that's been too restrictive for me, and so I'm too, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lose my breath. I'm starting to get, I can't, I can't breathe in my own house, nope. and so he starts pitching and heaving, and tables go flying, and money changers go out the window, and he sets it back up. They miss it. Mm. And the next time he goes back, he said, uh, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft? You're right. He sat there and wept over I it. would have gathered you. Yep. I'm going to turn the house back over to you. Now it's your house. It's mm-hmm. not my house anymore. You, you, you continually are renovating mm-hmm. my space. Right. <laughs> you're, not, you're not asking me <laughs> yeah. about how I like my house. Yeah, so good. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm going to give it over to you. Jerusalem. How oft I would have gathered you, but ye would not. Mm-hmm. Ye would not. So now I'm just going to leave it with you. And and his his view of Jerusalem had had deteriorated so far that that I mean we it was clear that he didn't want to live there. Yeah. Didn't want to worship there. But he didn't even want to die there. He died without what an indictment. Mm against Jerusalem. Sometimes, sometimes you have to go out to meet him. There is such a restriction <laughs> to religion. Oh, is, is there, there not? ever? Is there not? Is there ever? If you're stuck in religion, what a boring life. There's something, okay, as restrictive as religion is, relationship is liberating. Yes. That doesn't mean there's no restriction to it. No. But it's liberating. Okay, let's let's look at another example. Jesus goes to Bethsaida 
in Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Yep. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring him a blind man, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. He, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He done what? <laughs> <laughs> I see where we're going with this. <laughs> and he took the blind man by the hand and <sighs> led him out of the town. Out of the town. Oh, so there was something about Bethsaida. <laughs> That uh, let's get out of Dodge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a little too cozy in Bethsaida. Let's get out of Dodge, boys. Okay, we know in Matthew that Bethsaida is one of the cities that he curses. Very true. We know he says, "If the mighty works which had been done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented a long time ago." You've done flipped an attitude, Bethsaida. It is in the regions of Bethsaida that he fed the 5,000. It wasn't that he hadn't done miraculous things there before. He had done mighty works there. Mm -hmm. But they had become so disenchanted with him and the mighty works that he'd done that he just wrote them off, said, that's it. I'm not going to do anything else in your city again. Wow. So he walks through after cursing the city. Mm -hmm. And this is the mercy of God. And this, is this again, is the is the omnipresence versus the manifestation of God, the, the him trying to balance all of these. Mm-hmm. And he sees this blind guy there and he goes, man, I can't hold how I feel about Bethsaida against you. You, I, I can't be so upset at Bethsaida that I'm not going to heal you. But I'll tell you what I won't do. I won't do it in this town. And wow. so he takes him by the hand, blind, and leads him outside the city. And there he heals him. Because there are times, sometimes you've even got to be willing to leave the city to get the healing that you really, really do need. What a comfort to know, though, if you're in a restrictive state that he won't let that hinder you, but he'll take you out of it. He'll lead you out. Oh. He doesn't only heal you, he takes you out of that. Mm. He does so. He leads you out. That that's a comfort. Yeah. That's a comfort. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 careful to to say this um, because we're not running an ad for folks to just leave wherever they're going and pick a choice the church of their choice. That's that's <laughs> well, this not what's less restrictive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I am telling you that there are people that have done exactly that. That when they come in contact with truth, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. man, they'll move if they have to. Right, they'll move. Yep, they. The this is what you can't do. This is what you can't do. And I really hope this resonates with somebody today. Is you cannot always expect God to come into your situation. Exactly right. Sometimes you have to follow God out of your situation. Yeah, He did not go into Lazarus's tomb. He called him out. He's too claustrophobic. I can't get, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Wow, so God does wow. not always come into my mess. Sometimes he calls me out of my mess. Then he heals me. Right. Then he saves me. Then, then the miracle happens. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I am always trying to compress God into my situation, there's times he just gets too claustrophobic and says, I, I can't do it. I, I just yeah. can't. I just can't. If I have to do it how you want me to do it, yeah. that's mm. too cozy. I can't do it. He's mm. so much bigger than my problem. Oh. 
your problem needs to be in him, not him in your problem. (laughs) But you know what we do as humans, guys, is we make our problems so big that we think it's God-sized. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's kind of what narcissists do. Exactly. Right? Exactly. We make it so big. (laughs) And God says, no, that's actually too small for me. (laughs) And you just need to get out of that. (laughs) It is not... Okay, the, the 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 miracle is not that I can get in Christ. Ah, the miracle is that Christ can get in me. That's the miracle. Yes, something something smaller getting in something bigger is not supernatural. Never. What never. is supernatural is something bigger mm-hmm. getting in something smaller. That is what is supernatural. And if you ever get that backwards, you're. Your theology is way off. Yes. Yes. Notice what happened when he's crucified outside the gate. He dies, mm. lifts up his eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Notice he, he wants out. He wants out. Mm-hmm. It is finished. And he cries it out with a loud voice, man. He was waiting on this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Totally. Totally. And at that juncture, a bunch of stuff starts happening. This is the same thing that's happening in John 4 with the omnipresence working with the manifestation, setting up this encounter. We're outside the gate. We're outside the restrictiveness of religiosity. We're outside of culture. We're outside of it all. Outside of it all. And everybody that's there is there because they forsook the culture and the restraints. Mm Mm-hmm of their society, and they went without the gate at that moment, back inside the structure, back inside the city, and inside the temple, Mm -hmm. and inside the inner court to the holiest of holies is a veil. And up until this moment, mercy had been bordered and quarantined off from the general population. And the Bible says that the veil was rent from top to to bottom. bottom. Top to bottom. That's right. Don't miss that. And at that moment, mercy got a release of that little box, oh, yeah. so it's almost of that like, little space. Oh, yeah, it started working its, it's way It's almost out. like Jesus was on the cross, but yet the presence of God was in the temple at the same time. Almost. <laughs> almost. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and notice what started happening. The ground couldn't even contain stuff. Everything began shaking. The rocks were rent, and graves were opened. Yep. And that continued for three days until the resurrection And the Bible says when Jesus was resurrected, the saints came out of the ground. Because when that, when when God gets outside the box, when God gets outside of the gate, when God gets outside of the restrictiveness of the grave, the resurrection, there's nothing about the resurrection that's confinable. Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Stones don't respect it. Graves don't respect it. Time doesn't respect it. Death doesn't respect it. There's nothing about the resurrection that can be cordoned off, put behind a fence, or behind a veil. Yeah, and it affects everything at the same time. It does. (laughs) It does. Worldwide. So, 
somebody today that may be going through hell, mm-hmm. your world's turning upside down, you're struggling with your faith, you're, you're feeling claustrophobic mm-hmm. in the situation that you're in. Hey, face it, there's a lot of us that have felt that way over the last year. Yeah. <laughs> we can't force God into that mold. No. We just got to, we, we got to let him, we got to let him operate how he wants to operate. And if you'll put, if, if, if you'll take the mold off and you'll say, quit trying to call God into your city, sometimes you got to follow him out of it. And if you do, if you do, if you'll take the restraints off of God mm. and you, and you let him move where he's not feeling claustrophobic. It's, you're, you're on the precipice of a miracle at that moment. Your eyes are going to be opened up. The resurrection's going to happen. And things are going to turn around. That's what happens when a claustrophobic God gets outside of the box. 